Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, welcome to the show, Christy. So good to have you. Hi, Lorraine. Pleasure to be here as always. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I actually, you were our speaker. You were our expert in the Bulldarling group in November. And that session went so well that straight away after I was like, can you come on the show as well, please? (laughs) I'm like, yes. (laughs) We're having a similar conversation twice because I felt like that that conversation was so so packed with gold. And I just Mm. really felt like this was a space that I would love to explore on the show as well as obviously behind behind closed doors of the membership group. Mm. So can you tell us as we kick in, so you're obviously the founder of Virtual Elves, which is a, a VA business. Before we kick into your current life as running that business, could you share a little bit about your background before you started Virtual Elves? Yeah, so I had a pretty colourful background. When I left school, I started working in hotels and I was really passionate about Japanese, the culture, the language. I'd studied it for six or seven years. I'd lived in Japan for a year. And so I went to start working at the Hyatt at Sanctuary Cove on the Gold Coast and I was an inbound wedding coordinator of all things. And so just loved organising, loved, you know, the whole process from start to finish of getting somebody gifted with with this amazing experience and being the person that was in control and in charge of doing that. So that's where I started my career and and I kind of moved through hotels really up until 2000 and from there I kind of got burnt out a bit and it was the Olympics and decided to work for hospitals. So I went to work at the North Shore Private Hospital, which is a five-star hospital in Sydney, as their front office manager. So again, you know, running teams of people has kind of been my strength and passion. And Mm. I had a team of over 150 people, administrative support people in the hospital that I built processes for and basically ran the team to meet the objectives that were set out for us. So I guess from there, when I had my first child, Olivia, she's now 18, by the way, when I had my first child, I decided that I just needed to step out of that real corporate environment that didn't give me a lot of flexibility to work from home, that didn't give me the options to spend time with my family the way that I wanted to. And so I just kind of considered what could I do? And I did some research and in the UK and the US virtual assistants seemed to be taking off. I went, oh, no one's really doing that here in Australia. And so I started being a virtual assistant myself to a few friends. So when was this, Christy? Just this was 2004. Whoa, that is I'm sorry. Way Let me just say that it became normal. A bit later than that, actually, 2006 it would have been. So 16 years, very, very different landscape to what we're in now. Totally was. And there was only one other company here in Australia that was an agency as such doing anything. And they were struggling to really bring the concept to Australian businesses. Australian businesses weren't really interested. 
the ones that were dealing with American clients or coaches kind of knew about it because it was getting bigger over there. But yeah, we were very early adopters. And I think I just knew from that point that all I wanted to do was support businesses. You know, I knew that if I wanted that, then how many other women particularly in business would want that, would want to actually get a bit more freedom in their life and, you know, have more flexibility with the way that they worked. And if I could help them do that, then, you know, it's helping more than just me. And and I think the biggest thing then that came out of that was, well, if I'm helping businesses here in Australia, imagine how that's helping virtual assistants in the Philippines who want exactly the same thing, you know. Mm. And, you know, I had been to the Philippines very early in the piece. I had seen some pretty terrible situations where agencies were really taking advantage of their teams. And I just, having private conversations with groups, I would bring groups of people together that wanted to, you know, explore the VA industry for themselves just listening to them saying that, you know, they would literally be paid 50 cents to $2 an hour to travel three hours each way into the city to work in an office. They had to bring their own lunch or pay for their own lunch. They then had to go back home and wouldn't see their kids wake up, go to school or even go to bed. Then they had to pay a nanny service or someone to look after their kids. So in the end, they were lucky to be breaking even. Mm. And I said, what what sort of life is that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, So that was the catalyst to me kind of going, you know what, I can't just have my own VA helping me. I need to basically bring this to other businesses because it's just a full circle. It's a full circle. I love the way that it supports everybody. You know, we're all winning out of this situation. Mm, yeah. So when did you start the business then? So virtual yeah, so 2009. Got it. Was okay. when I kind of got serious about it and went, yeah, all right, I need to do something with this and start going. Yeah, mm. so you're going 13 years. Wow. Mm. And can we be really clear? Because I think when we think about the word VA, we think about it as someone who's doing, maybe doing more like junior burger work in our businesses. From your perspective, share like what is a virtual assistant and what can they do? Like what are the different mm. tasks and responsibilities that they can have within a business? Mm. Yeah, look, it's so broad, really. And I think, you know, yes, in the past, virtual assistants really were just the people that could sit and do your data entry for you and do the very, very basics. But it's come a long way. And I think we're now seeing professional people, particularly in the Philippines, professionals moving into work from home virtual assistant roles because it gives them more flexibility. Mm. So as an example, you could have somebody that is an accountant. So they're a qualified accountant in the Philippines that just wants to do bookkeeping and support a business from home. We have an interior designer, a qualified interior designer who is working 20 hours a week for an interior design client of ours. You can have CAD drawers, you can have Kajabi experts, you can have Facebook and social media support, PAs, EAs. We've got so many EAs who have transitioned from corporate to work from home, working for professional companies, you know, for corporate companies. We've got a couple of small business corporates that are using VAs as EAs. So, you know, I think graphic designers, web developers, podcast editors, 
you know, the range is so broad. And one thing that I say to people is if you can imagine it in your head as something that you can do or something that someone can do, then we can find someone to do that. Because we're not just, we're looking at a country, particularly with me working with the Philippines, we're looking at university qualified professionals. You know, these VAs are sometimes more qualified than the resources that we find here in Australia Mm -hmm. because they've been through school with English from the beginning. So their English is fantastic if they've had good schooling and they've been to university. You know, it's just endless, really, what Mm. they can do for you. It's a really broad scope. But they're just working from home. You know, it's no different to through COVID, all of our professionals that had to work from home because of COVID. Same skills. There's nothing, nothing's changed. It's just they choose to be flexible in the way they work. Yeah. And I think that flexibility, I know I see that in Cara, who's RVA. So we've secured Mm. Cara through you and your virtual L's team at the start of this year. And Cara has so much flexibility. She's got her son and they, Mm. she's available. I know I messaged her on Tuesday afternoon just saying, Hey, can we jump on a call quickly? And she said, Oh, I'm just at an appointment with my son. I can be back at, you know, X time, your time. Can we talk then? So. It feels really good to me as an employer of her knowing that she's got that flexibility that I have in my family (laughs) with my business. So are there any particular tasks that you think are especially suited to a VA? Yeah, look, I think the rule of thumb, if you really want it to be successful, the rule of thumb is what can you actually create a process out of yourself? So can you sit down is it something that you already do that you can then create a process out of easily easily to hand over to somebody is it something that maybe you don't know how to do that you could get a specialist to do for you but you know it doesn't require high level independent thinking so there are VAs that have that they're quite specialized they're not your general VA your general VA is somebody that follows instructions well that works to timeframes and works to schedules really well and follows a process. So if you can do that in your business, such as, you know, customer service is a good example. If you've got an e-commerce or you've got a website or you've got, you know, some way of them contacting your clients for you, put the process in place, give them scripts for the way that you wish them to respond to your clients It's routine. It's every time they do it, it's a similar response. It's every day or every week or every month, you know, the same thing needs to happen Mm -hmm. over a process and a course of time. That is when it works really, really well. And I think, you know, that's explaining the tasks as far as who you need to be is a totally different thing, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So a VA works very, very well if you're organised as a business owner and you're able to actually give them direction, time, and actually, you know, we talk about the delegate and abdicate, and I know that's one of the things that we want to talk about. about Yeah. Yeah. So the delegate and abdicate, you know, is really important. Where something falls apart, in my experience, every single time, is when a business owner gives instruction to a VA, then walks away and doesn't check back in, doesn't think about what the outcome might be and doesn't 
know whether that VA is actually going to do what they've asked them or understands what they've briefed them. So that's you abdicating. That's taking no responsibility whatsoever for the final outcome of what Mm -hmm. you've given someone to do. We want this to be a delegating situation where the business owner briefs, tasks, checks in, there's milestones, there's feedback loop, there is total responsibility for the outcome of what's been given. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way that it will work well. Yeah. No, the only way. Got so it. you need to be responsible. You've got to have your preparation upfront ready to go so that you give the VA every opportunity to succeed because if you don't, you're only going to start blaming and then the blame really should be put back on you as the business owner, but the blame then goes to the VA and then the relationship and the trust gets washed away. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Thank you. Mm. I'd really like to talk to you about how do we choose between having overseas support, so offshore VA assistance versus having Australian VA support? Because I know there's a lot of brilliant Australian VAs and, of course, you are one of them yourself. What's your rule of thumb on that? Like, How do we decide which route to go? Mm. You know, this is really tricky because I think it's a very personal preference. And I think, you know, if you've never, if you've never worked with an offshore resource before in any capacity, then it's going to be quite a learning curve for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number of different things I think that can determine which is better for you. Australian VAs, if your business, for example, really, really depends on local, homegrown, it's important that you your clients know that you're an Australian business using Australian resources using, then that's important that you stay and stick with that. You know, I think mm-hmm. if that ethically is your value that you have that, then you you stick with that. I think also skill level, depending on location-based tasks. So it could be that you're a business coach, for example, and you need somebody who understands the location that you're in to be able to book appointments, understand travel times. All of those sorts of things can be made a little bit more difficult if you're dealing with somebody who's not in that location as well. So that's definitely one thing that we found, you know, works best if you have an Australian VA. Understanding language also, so perhaps content writing and things like that. If you've got a specific voice that is very much geared towards the Australian audience and really understanding that sometimes that can be challenging if you're using offshore resources as well Mm -hmm. and using somebody locally is better. So to be honest with you, I don't personally think that one is better than the other. I don't think that you can say that going to the Philippines, you get a lesser quality of person because I haven't seen that. Mm. I definitely haven't seen that. I don't think it relates to that. I think it relates to the type of task that you're looking to hand to someone if you're wanting somebody to take more control. As an example, I had someone the other day that said, yeah, look, you know, my Australian VA has run her own business before. So she totally understands the ins and outs of running a business. She just gets in and she knows exactly what to do. If that's what you need in a person, then, of course, that's going to make it a lot easier for you. Mm -hmm. But there's VAs in Australia that haven't done that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're going to have the same view as a Philippine-based VA. Yeah. 
Makes does sense. that make sense? It's kind yeah, of a bit around, but I just don't think there's an easy answer for that. I yeah, think it I really depends on it. your situation. Yeah, and I think the other option as well is to have a hybrid model. So I've got Kara yep. in my team, for example, who is in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and then I've also got Sam, who's my operations manager, who's in Tasmania. So yeah. <laughs> I think it. it's about creating the seats on the bus for your business, and then deciding yep. who's best to fill that seat within your yeah. business. That makes totally. total sense. Mm-hmm. What are the payment ranges for a VA? So I think, and I think in the past, so I started working with the VA. Gosh, ten it would have been ten years ago. It was in the first year of my first business. We had a VA who used to do all of our social media evaluations. Yep. So for anyone listening who's not aware, my first business was a social media agency. So it was an influencer management agency, and we did a lot of branded mm-hmm. content campaigns. So what we did was we had Jay Sari, who was in the Philippines whose role was to go in when we had content, branded content had gone live, we would send her all the links and she would go through all the Google analytics. We didn't have Instagram back then, but Facebook, Mm -hmm. Twitter analytics, blog analytics. So that was really, really helpful. And I think back then it was like, oh, you can get someone for like $2 an hour. And I feel like that narrative has changed in, in, thankfully in recent years. What should we be expecting to budget for if we're saying, okay, we'd love to have a VA for five hours a week to help out in our businesses? What rough budget do you reckon we should be aiming for? Yeah, very interesting. And when I started, you know, $5 an hour was the basic rate. Yeah. But I think, yes, the narrative has changed on that. And I think that we should be expecting to look at anywhere from, I believe, offshore VAs from 10 US dollars. And I say it in US dollars because the majority of sites that you go to, that's the expectation. So anywhere from, you know, 14, 13, 14 Australian dollars through to, you know, depending on if it's a general VA, up to 20, $22 an hour. So in our business, one of the things that you'll find, I think I should explain the three ways that you can yeah, source please, VAs. So you can go to freelance sites. So the freelance sites like Upwork, Freelancer, all of those sort of Fiverr, you know, I call those your project sites. So when you have a project, you've got something quick that you want to get done. It's not long term. It's just, you know, get something transactional almost transactional but also not a huge commitment either to you those sites are going to be your cheapest to find people because the competition is high it's really fast moving so you know you could find you could find a general va to do data entry type work for you for five dollars us an hour type thing but the reliability, the, you know, the amount of time that someone is going to put into you if you're not giving them lots of hours is going to be pretty, pretty low. So the second place that you can go is direct and you can go to places like onlinejobs.ph or Craigslist or, you know, you can actually hire direct. But these VAs are looking for full-time work. So part-time at an absolute minimum. So you're committing to bigger hours. The rates might be fairly standard at, you know, anywhere from 13 US to 20, you know, US. But again, you're committing to bigger number of hours. Got it. Or you've got agencies like mine who manage teams of people manage the HR side of things. We still pay our VAs over and above what they would get paid out in the marketplace, which is very important. 
Not all agencies do that, but we certainly do. And you provide a culture for them. They feel like they've got a place. They feel like they've got accountability. There's a whole range of things that they've got. And there's flexibility. So there aren't a lot of agencies like mine who offer the flexibility of a minimum of only five hours a week. So we've dropped that down from 20 because we just want businesses to be able to enter the market Mm. and get support. So for us, you know, scaled rates, $22 an hour is the highest you'll pay for five hours. And then the price drops down per hour after that. So, you know, five hours a week, 22, up to around $22 an hour. Here in Australia, you know, I think you probably, I haven't hired an Australian VA in a long time, but I would suggest you're looking anywhere from $50 to $80 an hour, Mm. depending on who you're getting and what it's for. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank Mm. you. I wanted to ask you about direct hiring versus agency, but I feel like you've probably already covered that. Is there anything else you'd Mm. want to add there in terms of if someone's weighing up, do I just hire someone direct or do I go through an Mm. agency like yours? What should they be aware of? No, I think there are a few things that they need to be aware of. And I think the, the biggest difference is how much time do you have? How qualified are you to be hiring and recruiting and going through the screening process and everything that's involved in making sure that you're choosing the right person? Because what I find is, yes, if you've got a background in doing that, if you're really sure about who you want, you've got a good job description, you don't mind interviewing, you know, 30 candidates to get, you know, your top two then go for that because it's definitely a cheaper option for you. It just means the only downside I see to that is that the VA that you're hiring only has you as sort of their company support. So if you don't know what you're doing from a HR perspective to support them and keep them motivated, engaged, all of those things, then it probably won't work as well as you'd like it to. Mm The agency model gives you all of that. So us as an agency, for example, we do all the screening, the pre-hiring, you know, we do all of the testing, everything, so that when you get presented with that candidate, you just review what's already been done and you make a choice based on do I like this person. Yeah, got it. Thank you. And they're part of an organisation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to ask you, what do you think is the best life stage of a business to start thinking about a VA? So obviously the Mm -hmm. life stages you've got pre-revenue where you're starting to pull your ideas together. Then there's that initial launch phase and then really establishing that startup and then scaling from there. So what Mm -hmm. do you think is the best life stage to think about, okay, it's time to bring in a VA? (laughs) We've talked about this many times, (laughs) you know, like. It's a rhetorical question. Now, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't matter where you are, you Mm. know, and I think, but I did think about this the last time we spoke and on reflection, it's how quickly do you want to get where you want to be for your business? Because you can not engage a VA for many, many years and not grow as fast as you probably would if you had. So Mm. I think, you know, I think the answer is, do you want to do it the hard way or do you want to do it the easy way? Because Mm. if you want to do it the easy way and have the resources from the very beginning to help you work through those, you know, if it's pre-business, then 
there's so much work to be done to get started. The research, the, you know, the list building, the all of those, you know, website building, all of that. You could have the resources available at lower cost to get you going. Yeah. You know? So and again, you know, post business, I'm 14 years into my business. And you'll laugh at this. I've never ever had paid ads for Facebook. Mm. Never ever. And yet now I've just gone, okay, now I need to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or now I need to have somebody that's doing this role in the business. So you as everybody knows, your business evolves over time. It changes. You add things, you know, you're adding things as well as you go along to your business yeah, now. Sure that you didn't do before so at different stages so the answer is right now mm, yeah I mm. fully fully agree and I really loved those one of the Bull Dolly members Lauren has created an app for tweens and she's called Zone and she has a VA helping her four hours a week to help her pull together content for the app so she's pre-revenue mm. she hasn't actually made a dollar from her business yet I know that she will make a lot lot of dollars mm. from it but not right now and I love that she's investing like that because it's, yes. yeah, that's the vision that she has. And she realizes that her time is better spent doing something else other than spending four hours collating content. So I think, yeah, there's quite a broad scope of people who are yeah. tapping into the space. Brilliant. What do you see, Christy, as the three biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to working with VAs? Yeah. The first one, without a doubt, is lack of preparation. Mm. You know, if you're hiring a VA in a state of overwhelm with no time, no ability to provide feedback or to guide that VA on their first four weeks, it's going to fail. Mm. Without a doubt, it's going to fail. So the preparation and planning, you know, you need to be thinking about support before you need it. You know, because when you're in the midst of overwhelm and you're not going to be able to get the best out of that person. Mm. So preparation, definitely. The second thing that I see is just lack of understanding of their own needs. So I think it's at the moment everybody thinks that they need to get a VA but they don't actually know why. Mm. <laughs> it's just because everybody else is telling them that that's what they should do, right? But they don't know why. So they haven't yet gone in and done the deep dive and identified what it is that, A, the VA is going to do for them for a start, but, B, what the VA is going to help them achieve for the big picture. So, you know, it's not just bringing in a VA and going, I just need help with this. Have a think about this. What does the next six months, 12 months look like? What can that VA then start to grow and do for you to then push you further along on your journey? So, yeah. yes, that's the planning and preparation, but it's knowing, it's absolutely knowing what role this person plays when you bring them into the organisation. Mm. And I love clarity. what you said there about people hiring a VA out of overwhelm and I mean I had that conversation so many times with entrepreneurs around oh mm. I'm just really like I'm at capacity there's just not enough hours in the day like blah 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 I'm just going to hire a VA and that's almost the opposite yep. of what you should do really you should get yeah. your own shit sorted first and then yes. because as you said to that point around preparation it's impossible to successfully onboard someone, someone into your business yeah. if you're not prepared and ready for them and also available to answer the inevitable questions that any new employee has regardless of whether they're overseas yeah. or local 
That's it, totally. And I think the very last thing that that I can say that I see going wrong quite a lot is just the lack of positive reinforcement and reward. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the time we bring people into the business, particularly if they're virtual, they're offshore, we're not bringing them in the same way that we would somebody who's sitting next to us or somebody Mm -hmm. who's close to us. You know, this person needs to be treated just as valuable as the person that's sitting with you or, you know. And so I've grown to understand that if you nurture your team in the right way, then they will give you more than you ever expect. So it's that side of things that I don't see happening enough. Yeah. I love that. Mm. And when we did the expert workshop a few months ago that you were part of within the Bell Darling group, we had Cara, my VA, joining yeah. as well. And it was really interesting to for you to speak initially and then for us to go to Cara and ask her, you know, what makes your job easier to do? And it's really sad. She just said, <laughs> just a thank you, like just a thank yeah. you. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's so basic people. Like say yes. thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's literally all she wanted. It was just, just please appreciate what I'm doing, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's totally it. That's totally it. Because, you know, they're people too and they're working. We've got to remember they're working by themselves Mm. in their little room, wherever they're working. An echo chamber. Yeah. That's it. They don't have that connection with anybody else. And I have to say, I just recently, as you know, went to the Philippines Mm. and spent 10 days and I saw 30 out of my 50 team. And, you know, when I think about the best thing, yes, I took them to a theme park and I did all the fun things and whatever and appreciation there. But the one thing that sticks with me the most is my recruitment manager, Tina. She was in charge of looking after me while I was there. She and I had so many nights lying on my hotel bed talking about personal stuff. And I just realized, you know, it's that deeper connection. It's that deeper understanding of her challenges or her family, whatever, that now when we see each other in meetings on Zoom because I'm back here, the appreciation, I mm. feel it so much deeper. The bond. That's so incredibly oh, bonding. It's incredible. Yeah, we don't get to do that with our VAs often. No, we don't. Yeah, mm. amazing. What's one thing you would like action listeners to action from listening to our conversation today? Yeah, I think I've really thought about this. And I think the one thing that I'd like them to action is doing a task audit. And you do yes, this with your task audit. Yes, yep. we did that. So just for context for everyone yep. listening, November in the Bold Darling group was support month. So in my masterclass, which goes out in the first of the month, we had I coached the group through doing a time task audit and talked about the different layers of support and so on. And then we had the tutorial and then Christy came in and Christy and Cara as part of our expert workshop and it was actually really helpful that so many of the group had already completed their audits because they could tell mm. where those gaps were for them. Not those gaps, but where those areas were that they could be supported by VA to buy back more time, more headspace, more energy for them to focus on what they should be doing as the business owner. Mm. So, yeah, I think doing an audit of everything you're currently yep. doing and figuring out, okay, is this something that mm. could be delegated or outsourced to someone else? It's a really good place to start. Yeah, and I also, in addition to that, not just the things that you're currently doing, but allow yourself to dream about the things that if you could, you would. So Mm -hmm. the things that you could write down on paper that you're not doing because, A, you don't have enough time, you don't know how, you know, those things. Because funnily enough, 
it's those things that will drive your business forward and keep you stuck, right, that a VA could jump in with experience and take off your hands. Mm. And we don't allow ourselves to do that piece. Very easy for us to do, oh, I just need to get the invoicing off my plate or I need to get the things because we think that that will give us back time. But what the other stuff does more often than not is gives us the revenue. So if it gives us the revenue or these extra activities that we're not doing, if we can get that revenue in to then boost our team further or add a new service or add something new, then, you know, we grow Mm. and we expand on what we're doing. We don't just stay where we are. Yeah. Um, And also we enjoy our work more, you know, it would kill me to have to reconcile my own zero back in, but sitting down and creating three podcasts. I mean, that's just joyful. Like we, we actually enjoy our work so much more. We get it done quicker, faster, easier. If we are getting to do more of the things that I love that, the idea of of our zone of genius, when we're operating within our zone of genius, everything is better. We actively look forward to sitting down at our desks when we know we've got a really fun day of doing the work that we like to do Mm -hmm. ahead of us. So it just makes apps. It's like, it's almost like basic physics, you know, handing over the things that don't light us up as much, or it doesn't make sense for us to be doing, handing that over to someone really capable, professional, skilled up just frees us up so much more. It raises the whole vibration of our businesses, I believe. And if I can say, so three years ago, pre-COVID, so my business was still doing really well, but I was really, really intensely fascinated by AFL, Australian football. Both of my kids played. I loved the game. And a new club, junior club, popped up in our area. And so I registered my son to that club and realised that they didn't have any administrative structure. They didn't have that. They had, you know, a president who absolutely loved the game, had three kids, whatever, but he didn't know how to manage it. And I walked in straight away and went, this just needs to be run like a business, you know, and started setting things up and started doing it. And what I realised in the six years that I was doing that is I realised that I did more work on that because I was more passionate. I was Mm. so passionate about it that I'd flipped. So my business, I was doing, you know, 10 or 15 hours a week working it. And that I was doing, you know, nearly 30, 40 hours a week during the season in it, right? But what it made me realize was I need to get more passion in what I'm doing. So I needed to, I'd fallen back in to doing a lot of the things myself in my business, right? I'd fallen back into that. And I wasn't doing all the extra things that I could have been doing I was just baselining it because I was too focused on all the other stuff AFL. I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, during COVID, I dropped that last year and then my business grew by 50, you know, up to 50 and I've got the passion back in it and I'm about the people and I'm about all of that and I've got the space now to do that and I'm pushing everything out so that I can do more of travelling to the Philippines, talking on podcasts, doing those gorgeous, gorgeous things that light me up. Yeah, it's, it yeah. makes total sense. Mm. Thank you so much, my dear. Is there anything you feel like we've missed? We've obviously covered a lot of ground and we've covered it pretty quickly. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share with anyone before we wrap up? You know, just that old saying of please don't wait because, you know, if you're sitting there struggling, working long hours, wondering how you can push the business beyond the ceiling that it's at right now, 
just call me, have a chat, you know, just explore what it might feel like to get that extra support. Because a lot of the time we don't do that because we're fearful or we have preconceived ideas or we hear from other people about the, you know, it can be dodgy sending work overseas or it's not safe or, you know, all of those things. It's not like that at all. So mm. please talk to somebody that that knows what it's really like. Lorraine, you know. Mm. So just explore. Is it, Get curious and explore. You don't have to jump on it straight away, but start that process of exploring. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much, Christy. We're recording this just before the Christmas break. It's both our last working days for 2022. So (laughs) yes, this will be landing in 2023 and we'll both be super rested and energized after our Christmas break. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christy. And obviously I'll pop all the details of the Virtual Elves website and so on into the show notes so people can come find you. Thanks, Lorraine. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au or connect with me on Instagram at lorrainemurphymentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Um.